0: Welcome everyone to the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs and business professionals execute their vision by guiding them to profitability. Let's go! You're listening to episode 182, and today we have Tim Pangburn. He is a tattoo artist and business owner. He runs Art Machine Productions, which has been consistently voted as best tattoo shop in Philadelphia. He is also the mastermind behind all of my tattoos. They're all covered up right now. Well, you can see a little bit of one. Um, so he's the master behind behind all of those crazy ideas that I have that are now on my body and I'm so, so appreciative of. Uh, Tim also uses his personal experiences to help others gain better self-awareness and to take ownership of their lives and their careers tim welcome to the show my man
1: thank you i appreciate the opportunity
0: yeah so before we get into the heavy-hitting questions about business and entrepreneurship we have to talk about the important stuff and as a philly boy uh and a a a local at that i'm very curious to hear your answer so imagine you just had the absolute best day of your life where are you going to eat and what are you going to order to make your day complete where am
1: I going to eat? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I guess it depends. Um, if I'm going and sitting down, I'm probably going to one of my favorite places, is Moda Mio. It's uh, right on Girard, and it's a great little uh, Italian spot. And they do this Teresa menu. Their menu rotates all the time. Very cool. So it's, just, it's fantastic food, very creative
0: go. stuff. Very good. A great answer. I, that I've never been to that restaurant, but now that you bring it up, I, I definitely have to check it out
1: it's a little corner space that has like, you know, mismatched chairs and stuff. It's great.
0: Nice. Love it. So my first real question, uh, is tell me about a time that you felt lost or blind in business and how did you overcome those obstacles?
1: I think the biggest time where I, I really felt and, and in reality, the whole business was about the collapse. That's, that's how serious it was. Uh, it was probably about three and a half to four years into to own an art machine and I was at this point in my personal life where uh you know my my drinking had gotten completely out of control I was struggling real heavily with depression and anxiety and I was basically I didn't know how to run a business so I was trying to figure out why I had people start quitting and I didn't know why and I had I think it was like seven people quit over the course of six months and now this is like a staff of 10 so you know, seven people quitting was just massive. Um, you know, and I I really had no idea what to do about it. Uh, the, for me, the first step is I had to stop drinking, get sober, and start taking care of my mental health. And when I started focusing on the business very shortly after, I uh, basically I started trying to serve my employees as opposed to, you know, myself or my customers first because happy employees, happy customers, you know? So I really turned around my whole whole approach. I wasn't trying to lay rules down. I was just saying, hey, guys, like, what can I do for you? Mm.
0: That's, that's really powerful and really strong. Um, what do you think that did for your business, that, just, that fundamental shift in philosophy? Um, I mean, did it, did it help? Did it uh, grow the business exponentially?
1: It changed everything changed the way everything functioned around there uh there was the tension started to ease um you know the, the the people that were there at that time are still there now you know three three and a half years later mm-hmm. so it's like everybody's stuck around i haven't had anybody quit nobody's leaving um you know we had one guy leave and it was on completely good terms like
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: so it, it it really changed things and, and you know i have people that work with me come up to me and tell me like, Hey, we really appreciate you know, how you're handling things and that you're, you know, taking responsibility for the shop and you're always making sure that we're okay. Uh, before that I was really, I, ha- I wasn't like a, you know, I wasn't like cracking a whip on anybody, but you know, I had rules and it was like, well, you gotta follow these rules. And this is how things have to be. And I wasn't really allowing the individuality and, and you know, humanity of the people I worked with, you know, help me make my decisions.
0: And I find it really interesting, um, you know, being in your shop in particular, but also just knowing a little bit about the tattoo culture, everybody from what I see is so close to one another. Um, They're all working uh, relatively side by side um, within their own station, so to speak. So I'm sure it has to be relatively difficult to kind of manage all of these different personalities, um, that step in, especially the artistic ones. So do you have any tips or advice that kind of can help manage all these different personalities, um, that step into your shop, um, that, that to also to the people that you manage?
1: It's like herding cats,
0: you know, (laughs) working with
1: artists and, uh, you know, creatives in general is, uh, can be really difficult. It has a lot of challenges to it. Because, you know, they have to work with their inspirations. And I mean, I'm the same way, but, you know, mine are a little different than other people's. And that's one of the things I failed to to recognize before. Um, You know, but I think the important thing when working with any kind of creatives is to always understand that they're going to have their approach that they feel comfortable with. And they have to be able to work at their pace. Of course, you need to, you know, you don't want them to get like lazy and not work or anything, but you have to allow some breathing space for them. Artists really like having a lot of freedom. So you can't just lay down a bunch of rules and expect them to follow. And yeah. I think that kind of I think that can applies to a lot of different businesses too, not just not just art, you know.
0: Yeah, and and I find it also intriguing um again just knowing I guess the 16 or well, 10 to 16 hours that I've I've stood in a chair with you in addition to just following your career um creativity is so important and I think as a non-creative like myself I'm sure that you can apply the same principles of how you can unlock your mind to be more creative so my question is what are some things and techniques that you use within yourself to become more creative to unlock that part of the brain to kind of just like make everything fresh and new and and your approach is just unique
2: okay
1: so I think the answer to this really kind of goes with <clears throat> my answer for what happens when I get artist block, mm-hmm. you know, anytime writers get writer's block. I mean, anybody can get stuck in what they're doing and, and not know how to move forward. And for me as an artist, what I try to do anytime I hit that block and I, I I'm struggling with it is I try to just switch up what I'm doing. I try to switch things a little bit. And if I've been, you know, drawing in pencil, then I'm going to switch and I'm going to paint for a little while. If I've been painting in acrylic, then I'm going to switch and paint in watercolor. If, I'm, if I can't figure out what to do with that, then maybe I'll try to sculpt or something, even if I don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. But just the idea of, of breaking the routine of what I've gotten stuck with you know, and trying to do something a little bit different, it really helps, think, helps me to think differently. And since I'm working with similar – I mean, of course, they're not the, not the same, but different artistic mediums, they can all kind of come back to each other. You know, and all feed into each other in the long run and help me grow overall. So I think, you know, anytime somebody's stuck, it's, it's a good idea to kind of, you know, take what your your central idea of what you do is, and then you know, try to think about the things that are on the fringe of it or different aspects of it, and just just move from one to the other. Kind of helps you get a fresher look when you can step back from it.
0: Yeah, and and so with with that. You're a creative. You are a business owner. Have you always been and had this desire to to run your own shop, to be a business owner, et cetera?
1: I think I have, but I really misunderstood what that meant. Mm.
2: You
1: know, I thought like – I mean when I started Tattoo when I was a young kid, I was like 19. So it's like I had all these like dumb ideas about how cool it's going to be, and I didn't think mm-hmm. it would be the hard work it was. And you know when I finally and and I wanted to own my own shop at some point. And when I finally took that step, I thought like, well, I've been tattooing for like twelve or thirteen years, whatever it was, and I'll I'll be able to run a shop. I've been doing this for so long, but I didn't realize the transition from you know an employee to an owner was massive. So it's like it it is something I wanted to do, but I really underestimated exactly what it
0: was you know yeah no absolutely and it's a it's a good story um i want to shift the conversation just slightly uh about just customer acquisition um because i think a lot of a lot of people can apply similar ideologies that a tattoo shop in particular can use within their own business so how are you able to obtain you know, your first 100 customers, so to speak, and how are you continuing to grow your, your fan, your fan base, your customer base, et cetera.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I think the, you know, marketing techniques and everything are They go across the board. They work pretty much the same for everything. You just have to figure out how your individual uh, field works within that, you know, but the, but the rules are pretty much the same. Uh, when I really started building my own clientele as opposed to just sitting in a shop and waiting for people to come in, uh, we're talking back in you know, 2004, 2005. F- first thing I did is – and I didn't see. I didn't understand. I was like branding and marketing at the time. You know, I was like 25 mm-hmm. years old, didn't know anything about business. But what I was doing was I, would, I started on MySpace. So it's like nice. I, would, I would find other people, and I would join the tattoo groups on there, and I would talk to people, and I would just have to talk online all the time to everybody. You know, so I would always be talking about tattoos and I'd always make sure I'd be posting pictures and all that stuff. And, you know, when I, um, when I would, I would do things like, I felt like it was like guerrilla marketing. I would, I would take business cards and then I would, I would go slide them into tattoo magazines <laughs> in the bookstore. Nice. I mean, I was doing like all kinds of stuff. And, um, you know, I, I, would have like, you know, when I was in Pittsburgh, I had like a, like a street team. So I would give people a bunch of cards with their name on it and have them give it to people. And then like they get discounts for people coming in. Like I was really just kind of taking, taking everybody and talking to everybody. And I I think that's really, you know, how you, how you start building clients, you know, you let people in a little bit and, uh, you know, you start building a relationship with them. And it's like, yeah, you want to pull them in as a client, but you know, as I'm getting older, I'm also realizing that that shouldn't be the first goal with people. You know, they shouldn't, it's nice if that happens, you know, if you can get them down the funnel. But at the, in the end, the, the, the important thing is that you're talking to people and just being nice to people, you know, yeah. being helpful.
0: Yeah. It, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: I was going to say, and, and you um, know, same thing. Same thing goes now except, like, the platforms have changed and stuff like that.
0: Well, yeah, and, and I also would say that What I've seen in particular is what you do for the what you guys do over there for the art community as a whole. Um, You know, now that you are a seasoned veteran in the entrepreneur space and and the business space, um, are there is there anything that's working really well for you right now that maybe? you know, you're not going in all the tattoo uh, magazines and dropping your business card anymore. You, yeah, have, yeah. <laughs> you've, you have a serious business and you've won a ton of amazing awards. So what do you think is the magic now that may have been different from the very beginning?
1: I think now, um, you know, I, I try to be involved in the community in general and we try to do charitable events and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah, there's, there's always a, a little bit of, a little bit of selfishness that goes with those things. So, I mean, I I do understand that, you know, if I hold a charity event, I know I'm, you know, bringing people into the shop. It's like, yeah, I'm giving away the money, but, you know, there's that little bit of selfishness. I know it's getting us exposure, but and also it's like, I know I'm doing something worthwhile with my time and with my money, you know, and it's, it's, uh, that's helped a lot because it's helped us to, to become a part of the community, you know? So, you know, when people people think about the shop, they think about those things. They're like, oh, well, they run these events. They do this, they do that, you know? And, and I think uh, that's been really important
0: for yeah. us, you know? That's cool. That's awesome. Um, Tim, I'd like to shake the conversation up just a little bit. And uh, as you know, I, f- I follow you, and I'm sure a lot of uh, several hundreds and thousands of people follow you on Instagram as well. Um, but I'd like to just... Uh, Talk a little bit more about some of the pictures that you've posted, and just uh, you're gonna share a little bit. So I did some uh, some some creeping. So I did some stalking. Um, <laughs> so I have four pictures that you've taken. Right. That I just have some uh, that I have some picture uh, some questions about. Um, okay. But before we do, I just have to ask everybody that's watching and listening to hit the subscribe button on YouTube and head over to tbe for more interviews. Um, so the first question is more so about your tattoo style so i remember back in the day um that you were pretty heavily known for your um uh cover-ups uh yes so yeah so sorry it, it cut out a little bit so this is a to people listening, yeah, this yeah. is a, a a picture that i'm looking at on instagram of a cover-up that that tim did um what is it about cover-up tattoos that kind of I guess in the very early beginning was like your claim to fame is—is that still the case? And like, why why cover-ups in particular? Okay,
1: so it probably still comprises well over half of my work has cover-ups in it somewhere. Um, And what it is is everybody that tattoos has to do some—you have to do some cover-ups. It's just part of the job. Uh, But what happened was back in 2005. A guy came into the shop I was working at, and he had just, it was a mess, and nobody wanted to touch it. And I was like, I can do it. And honestly, I wasn't sure if I could do it. I thought I could, but, you know, I wasn't 100%. I'd never done anything to that level. So I did it, and it worked. And I actually enjoyed the process, and everybody was like, fine, you take them. And at first, I was like, well, I'm good at these. So, you know, I'm going to kind of try to bank on that. You know, I have something that's in demand. I'm gonna, you know, capitalize on it. Now, over time, you know, I really was focusing heavily on it and you know, refining different things that, that I know I have to do in order to get rid of some some ugly stuff. And um, I really fell in love with it as a style. After mm. that, it wasn't just because I knew I could make money off it. I fell in love with it because I started seeing that um, it was it was different than other tattoos the the way a lot of people do is like here's my design here's what it has to look like colored and here's the finished product tattoo and with with cover-ups it's like here's what i'm working with i have this idea of something and i don't know what's going to (laughs) happen which sounds like crazy because like what do you mean i don't know what's going to happen it's a tattoo it's permanent but what it is is there's so many things that throw you off while you're working like because the old tattoo sometimes you know, poses big problems and i really ended up liking the uncertainty and the challenge of it
2: nice. because
1: i know the individual the individual techniques that'll get rid of something and i just have to apply them while i'm working it's 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 crazy it's a totally different approach to tattoos than other stuff and i just love that
0: yeah no it's, it's like
1: it's like chaos <laughs> no it is it
0: is and and to that same aspect this is a another picture of um of a, of a Ganesh that, uh, that is just absolutely stunning, beautiful. And so my, I have a, like a personal question here. Um, but I'll ask that after this, like, what are some of the things that, that you enjoy tattooing or if you want to speak to the general community, um, what are some of the things that you think that the general audience, the general tattoo, uh, people like to actually tattoo?
1: I mean, everybody's different. You're again, you're dealing with artists, so it's like there's so many different preferences of style, um, you know, preferences of subject matter, and same thing with people is everybody has a different preference. I personally like tattooing things. I mean, if it's not something that's just like, you know, the the cover up, for me when I'm doing a cover up, the cover up is important. It's not necessarily the subject matter; it's just the process of getting it done. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm doing something like on fresh skin, I really like to do silly things yeah. you know brightly colored things um now i think so much of my personal art style was influenced by cartoons and comic books in the early 90s so that's that like plays a huge part in how i draw when i'm just sketching you know you can look at stuff and be like yeah that's brennan stimpy right there and it's you know, i just draw ugly wrinkly bumpy things <laughs> my wife's always like why are you drawing all these ugly creatures so, you know i just think it's hilarious nice so so for me i like doing stuff like that but i but also when it comes to tattoos i understand and this is one thing i've always kept with me is that i am in a customer service business mm. so even though i'm at a point where i'm working by appointment and i do select the work i'm doing now i'm still looking at looking at it as as customer service you know so i have to do what makes people happy too yeah so it's, it's at this point it's more about like you know, I'm going to do what makes you happy using my expertise. And if I don't feel like we can mesh with that, then,
0: you know, yeah, then you just won't do it. Yeah. And that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm,
1: I'll pass them on to somebody that I know will be able to take care of. Absolutely. Too. What
0: I what I find really interesting, and this is my personal question, that when people go to people ask I'm people ask the general question, like, OK, number one, does it hurt? It's a fucking needle, so yeah, of course it'll 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 it won't feel great, but the next thing is like I have this i people come up and and at least ask, I'm sure you get this all the time, they give you like this exact thing that they want done for them, right, and I was always curious to hear like, do you in particular or maybe speak for the general audience, do you find it harder to do something that somebody says do this particular topic? Or would you rather have a little bit of creative freedom? Because in my opinion, I think that I'm coming to you as the artist to draw a unique piece of art that is custom and in your brainchild because you are an artist. So, like, would you rather be just told exactly, like, this is what to do? Or would you rather have some type of creative freedom to add your own spin to it?
1: I always want the freedom. You know, I I don't want to do what, like I said, customer service. I don't want to do, you know whatever i want to do but i also don't want to do just what people want necessarily the thing is people can bring in designs a lot of times but you know if it's it might not be it might not be properly designed as a tattoo you Mm -hmm. know might be a cool piece of art or something but it might not translate well so you know a lot of times we do need to take some liberty anyway in order to make it look right and and work as a tattoo yeah and and for me I, i always look at it as it's kind of like a meeting you know it's it's like a 50 50 process like you know you need to give me your ideas and i want your input with color and, and all these things but then you have to let me put it together the way i put it together yeah I also this comes back to you know people with different styles and the way they tattoo individually because there's somebody for everybody
2: yeah, yeah. you know
1: and and, and if you, if you like what i'm doing then you shouldn't like if you like what somebody does, you shouldn't be pushing them to do something else.
0: Yes. Yep.
1: You know, unless they feel comfortable with that and they're like, oh, I've been waiting for that, you know, but, but if you, if you do, if you like what they do do something else, there's another person that can do what you're looking for. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think at this point in tattooing, you know, as much as it's grown, it's something good to keep in mind, but it's cool that the public is a lot more educated about it than they were, you know, 20 years ago.
0: Yeah, absolutely. This is just a, this is not a selfie. This is a video. Um, I, I don't have the full video here, but uh, this is a video of you talking a little bit about um, your progress and your life and a little bit of just motivation. And I know one person in particular that I know that you follow and, and, and like is uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. So, um, you know, talk a little bit more about the, uh, the motivational side to, uh, to your artistry.
1: So what happened with me was, uh, you know, in, in 2015, I'm I'm an alcoholic, and in 2015 was when I got sober. Uh, you know, I hit such a terrible point with my drinking and terrible point with my life. I had almost lost my business. Uh, I almost, you know, lost my fiance, who we're married and you know I have a son now. But you know, I'd almost lost everything. Yeah. And you know, it took getting sober and really taking care of my mental health. And when I was going to uh, going to AA meetings and working working a twelve step program, I started seeing that for one thing, the twelfth step is, you know, a spiritual awakening and then helping other people it, it's usually taken as helping other people to um, you know, enter recovery and get sober. Yeah. But I started looking at it as I was as I was going through this whole process and learning and trying to improve myself. I started looking at it and saying, the problems I'm facing are the same problems everybody else faces. It's the same thing. It's just my solution was different. My mm-hmm. solution was always drinking. Other people have other solutions, they have, but but they're the same problems. And I started realizing that the things I was learning I could use to help other people. And I started seeing that as my way of being of service, uh, because that's like I said when you hit twelve step, you're supposed to be of service to people. And I started realizing this is how I can do it. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what I can do So I. I I got real open about my alcoholism very early. Uh, you know, I know it's Alcoholics Anonymous, but I was like, no, that's not for me. Like, I can't can't remain silent about it for me. For me, I felt like I'd be lying if I, if, if I didn't tell people. Mm-hmm. So I opened up about it publicly very early. And, um, you know, I, I've been – I've talked about my progress and I've talked about the things that have you know, helped me become a better person and to function better and help other people better and to just improve my life
2: mm-hmm.
1: so i'm i'm real open about those things and um you know as soon as somebody starts messaging you and saying like hey you you know you encouraged me to get sober i was like damn like you can't can't really get heavier than that
2: yeah that's you huge
1: and sometimes things do get heavier than that but you know I, i'll have people messaging some really serious stuff sometimes and tell me that you know things i said were helping them and and uh it's kind of just become a part of what I feel I have to do. Yeah, you know, I feel like I have to do this. I, I have to tell people everything I can learn about improving myself. I have to give it to other people too.
0: Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, I mean that's – if you have the platform to do it, why, why use the platform for – um, you know, self-promotion and, and looking cool where you can actually, you know, legitimately help people. So, you know, thank you so much for, for being honest. Um, that, that truly means a lot. My, my last question about your Instagram in particular is the importance of, uh, you brought it up family. And, uh, I see you posting pictures, uh, with your, with your son, um, with your wife and your kids and, you know, just beautiful, uh, beautiful family. Um, what is it about family that just brings everything all together for you?
1: It's a, it's a bigger purpose than, than any kind of selfish need, you know, uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't be where I am right now without the support of my wife. You know, she's, she was with me through every terrible thing I've had to go through and I put her through and she stayed with me, you know? And, uh, I mean, I, I feel like I can never repay her back for that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, all, all, all my kids, I have four kids. It's, uh, you know, I see myself in them, you know, and just mm-hmm. watching them grow and, and being a, a father of a, of a very small child again, because you know, there's, uh, like eight, eight and a half years between my youngest daughter and my son. Um, it kind of is giving me a new appreciation for my daughters too. Mm. And I don't know, it's just, I, I, I think we all need family, you know? I mean, family doesn't have to be, you know, blood relation or anything. I. It can be anybody that's that important to you, but, uh, you know, I just, the love I experience with my family is, is different and it lets me know that what I do in my life is, bigger than just me yeah. that's really what it is for me
0: that's huge my my uh question that i have in follow-up to that it's a relatively new question that i'm asking people but i think it's so important and it speaks to everything that you just said um so i'm just going to throw it out there put you on the spot and just give me your honest answer if you could what is your dream
1: like my big dream
0: whatever it is
2: whatever you what want, I to I want to do
1: with my See, that's such a—it's—it's it's a very multi-layered question. Absolutely,
2: that's—that's
0: um, that's the purpose of it. <laughs> I want
1: to—I mean, in—in in reality, what I—I want to do is I want to be able to help as many people as I can to improve their lives and be living the life they want. Uh, you know, I—it might sound—is it? That, this is where it gets so layered because I also look at that question. And I'm like, well, why do I want to do that? And it's like, well, I know it's 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 good to help people, but it makes me feel good. But then, you know, there's this deeper kind of, you know, that's a little insecure, selfish reason
2: mm-hmm. where
1: it's like I want people to like me. Uh, this is like yeah, super sure, sure. deep childhood shit that <laughs> you know, I'm still dealing with in therapy. But you know, <laughs> it's uh, these are, these are it's really what I want to do because I feel like I've Learned so much and my life has changed so much you know, You know four years ago. I I didn't want to wake up in the morning. Yeah, every morning, you know I'd wake up and I'd be like damn woke up again.
2: Yeah. You know, yeah, that's
1: that's where I was and it's like my life has done this 180 and It's like I know I can help people with that. I know I have something to say. So it's like that's what I want to do
2: Yeah, I just huge. want
1: to have my family be comfortable I don't want my children or my wife to ever want for anything, you know, and I want to be able to take care of the people that I work with, you know, make sure that they're happy, make sure the clients are happy and just take everything I've learned and, you know, transmit it any way I can.
0: Amen. Love it, man. Really?
1: I think that's, that's all, that's what I want. I mean, as big as that can go, like I'll take it as big as it can go, but that's,
0: that's it. Love it, man. And, and again, thank you so much for that transparency. Um, my final question is, tell, uh, the Blind Entrepreneur podcast was created for people who uh, I'm sure years ago were very similar to, your, to you and your mindset, people who are completely lost. They're blind in their business. They cannot see the obvious. So to the people who are stuck, um, what are three pieces of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur?
1: One is to be honest with yourself uh, more than anything. Be honest with other people, but be honest with yourself. And, and not like that surface honesty, like, I mean, deep honesty, where you ask yourself the questions and you, you face excuses. When you're making excuses inside, face them and break them down and like tear down all those walls. You know, be totally honest with your intentions and your motives and why you do things. Uh, that honesty can give you a lot of insight. Um, so be honest work hard always work hard Uh, you know I I think if you you can't slack off if you want to be successful especially in your own business Mm -hmm. Uh, you know I I I used to think like well you don't have to be there as much because you have other people working for you nah it's not like that at all Mm -hmm. you got to be there twice as much Mm -hmm. so you, you have to work hard you have to be willing to work hard and not bitch about it either. You gotta like it. That's the thing. You have, you have to like like it, but you gotta work hard. And I would say, the third would be to always be trying to help others. Mm. Always try to help other people, um, even if you don't see it as something that's going to benefit you. Help other people. Like that. That's it. Be good to people. Treat them right. Try to help them out. Now that doesn't mean help people if it's going to put you into a bad position like of course I don't mean that you know but any way you can be of service to somebody you should do it.
2: Hmm.
1: You always should.
0: Absolutely.
2: You know, don't put yourself out
1: over it. Don't screw up your money or your business, but always always do that. And and these are the things that you know they keep you humble, they keep you honest, and they give you a different kind of awareness about yourself. And when you have that, you can you know Build your business with integrity, yeah, and that's that's really really important
2: yeah
0: well Tim your transparency, your honesty your self awareness is an absolute inspiration and uh you know getting to know you uh and watching you grow uh is is truly is inspiring so uh thank you so thank much you. for your thank time you. uh this morning. It really means a lot, and I'd like to give the next thirty seconds to the people who uh are still watching and still listening. Uh, tell us a little bit more about how people can learn more about you, your journey, uh, and also potentially if they come down to Philly or wherever it is that you're going in the world uh, to become a customer of uh, of you or Art Machine.
1: I'm pretty much on every platform. My website is timpangburn.com, and I am on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, everything at Tim Pangburn. Uh, Facebook is Tim Pangburn Art, and. YouTube, Tim Tangburn, like it's, it's pretty easy. So it's my name everywhere. Uh, but you know, I post things across all platforms, all different content, video, you know, blogs, like all kinds of stuff. So
0: I'd be more than happy
1: to talk with you if you ever, if anybody ever wants to like, shoot me a
0: message about something. Very cool, and all the information will be in the show notes, so you guys can also uh, you know hit the link in order to message uh, Tim directly. Um, thank you to those that are still watching and listening for always liking, commenting, and subscribing. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. So smash that like that subscribe button, uh, and you could even hit the like button if you so choose. Head over to tbe for more interviews. Go out there and execute your vision, everybody. Have a good rest of your day.